WWE Trivia Challenge. Rookies, if you guys are going to be future stars, you have to appreciate the rich WWE history. So let me give you the rules real quick. In the first round, the questions will be worth 100 points. In the second round, the questions are going to be slightly more difficult and worth 200 points. When this is all said and done, I'll tell you exactly what you win. Are you ready to play the WWE Trivia Challenge? Striker's like Wink Martindale. I love the music. The future is now. Welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT. Your boy, Nando O'Neill. Bark, bark, baby. <laughs> bark, bark. And of course, Larry the Axe. Always in your face, all in your chick face. Chick face? <laughs> yeah. I had to say the edited version of what I normally say. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's it's just like the HBIC. HBIC. I just found out what that meant. <laughs> oh, a head. Oh. <laughs> but, but, but I don't want to say it. Because you I gotta just, edit it. Yeah, so yeah. Like, hey, baddie in charge. Yeah, I I never actually understood until I was working on the postcard, mm. and then I, I was like, all right, what does that actually mean? <laughs> it's a um, it's a derivative of the H N I C. Oh, mm. okay. So it was the head N word in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Hopefully now that that kind of, that's kind of the perfect transition. <laughs> now that uh, now that NXT is finally on TV again on on USA. Hopefully that does kind of give her exposure on her gimmick a bit more because as much as I love Mia Yim and of course we here at Half K support <laughs> Mia Yim 100%. The the only things I saw when it came to the last takeover when she was going up against Baszler is that a lot of people just loved of course her in-ring work but just didn't really understand what her character was supposed to be. Mm. And I think it's the same thing where the WWE didn't really push what her gimmick was with with those initials either so mm. i think it's it, it was hard to, to kind of get that gimmick over at first so but hopefully now yeah they'll probably do more promo more vignettes and stuff like that to to kind of get everyone's gimmick a little bit over you know i like the word vignette yeah when i see it written it reminds me of vinaigrette yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no nah, i mean like i feel it like yeah like even when i sit and think about it right now what is Miriam's character? She's like hard and thugged out from SoCal, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, but like that's it. Yeah, I think they could they could do a little bit more on top of that to give her. But I, you know what? They, I think it's enough. But maybe they just don't give her enough mic time to really kind of connect with the audience. Because I get it. It's like if she's supposed to be the head baddie in charge, she's cute, thus being baddie, mm-hmm. and then like she don't really take no stuff from nobody mm-hmm. like she was the one like kind of the first one to really test nuts with Baszler yeah, on yeah. a on a level like they they kind of pushed up uh Belair like she was gonna be the big powerhouse but it was like Yim that stood up to her as like the anti-bully yeah and you could kind of see that mm-hmm. but they could have played with it more I guess where the confusion happens is 
you see how I just said, like, I got the vibe of her being an anti-bully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure if that was what they were trying to convey with exactly. kind of like, um, you know, showcasing her more, I guess, street background. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's where the disconnect is. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, so we are going to review episode 27 on the WWE Network. So this is pretty much the second to last episode before the season finale. And this episode is on August 24th, 2010 at the Save Mart Center in Fresno, California. (laughs) So kind of kind of what I told you last week, it's kind of surprising that they actually stayed in the California area for two weeks, you know, <laughs> I'm really, really still surprised that they, they stuck around for two weeks. <laughs> Good old Fresno. Baby. <laughs> they were in San Jose last week and they, I think they were in Bakersfield as well. And then they still stuck around in, in the general area. That really surprised me. Damn Save Mart Center, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Save Mart Center now. <laughs> I do. I, you know, I've really, I don't, I'm not going to lie to you. I do want to go to an event in Fresno or Bakersfield. Yeah, just to see what the hubbub is about. Yeah, they're always out there. This Jesus. is this is true, and Sacramento too. They're always out there. They're the most desolate. Like <laughs> it's probably just so cheap to throw events over there. That's true. Man, now we know where to tap our market into. If you we gotta go to them desolate areas where it's just <laughs> hot and you ain't got nothing else to do but watch wrestling. <laughs> we start off the show with a recap from last week. They pretty much go over last week's double elimination with Percy Watson and Husky Harris. They do a good job because they the the part where the the last elimination with Husky Harris, it did kind of drag on a little bit longer than uh, it. I thought it should have gone. <laughs> but the way they edited this in this uh, promo package was it, it did that recap perfectly. You know, it made it seem where. Uh, Husky was kind of dangerous, but then Caval was like defending himself when he did that uh, warrior's way from the top rope to the outside. Oh, he stepped so, on his face yeah. while he was standing up. That work. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think they re- did a really good job. And that also kind of reminds me. So the uh, the only remaining the remaining three rookies going into the season finale are Michael McGillicuddy, Caval and Alex Riley. And their respective team names are perfect in paradise <laughs> tna and the varsity club so varsity club man i'm still standing by that as being the best name yeah i i i still like perfect in paradise That's, that one uh, is probably the best uh <laughs> best one that was made up yeah like, like varsity club would just makes sense for them since yeah. it was an actual stable yeah 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 but yeah perfect in paradise is awesome <laughs> kudos kudos <laughs> So we start off the show and our girl, Jamie Keys, <laughs> introduces the pros and rookies. As she introduces the rookies down to ringside, I'll kind of give you their their standings as of uh, this recording. So Caval is currently three and six. Riley is four and five. And McGillicuddy has the best record at six and four. Uh, I believe it was Michael Cole who had mentioned that the Miz isn't there tonight because the WWE was doing their first tour in shanghai china at this time mm. so that kind of explained why a lot of the roster wasn't there because that was their first time touring in china mm, nice i can't remember i i think i remember seeing a mini documentary on Zia lee where 
I don't know if it was this tour or if a, a future tour that the WWE did in China where that was her first exposure to WWE. And that's what really inspired her to, of course, get it uh, trained and mm, and pursue, pursue right. the dream. You know what, it might make sense. It might be that. Yeah. So this could be the same tour that uh, inspired Zia Lee. Who knows? <laughs> Man, shout out Zia Lee. I, I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Huge fan. So. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, after this, then Cole says that, uh, of course, that he thinks that Riley is going to win from from the three rookies from there. Stryker does ask. Uh, so it's kind of a, another version of the talk to talk. But this one is more of just for the rookies to kind of vent out like why, uh, how they're feeling and how they feel about being the final three going into the season finale. So he uh, gives them the mic and McGillicuddy goes first. And I really like this promo because it. I know I've been kind of talking about McGillicuddy kind of going back and forth this whole season if he's like a face or a heel. But this is probably his best promo and it's his most baby face promo. Yeah. <laughs> How does it feel? Take a look around. Look at all these people around here. <laughs> Man, I love my job. This is the greatest job in the world. And these are truly the greatest days of my life. I'm in the finals of NXT. I have a lot of my success to my pro, Kofi Kingston. I love you, Kofi. And the fact that I get to perform in the same ring as my father did makes it all worth it. Thank you. Yeah, it, it, and it did really well with the crowd, too. I think that's why it felt more baby face because like the crowd was really invested in everything he was saying mm-hmm. and he delivered it really well too. So our boy, uh, McGillicuddy getting on the mic and doing his thing. You yeah. Know? The rocket. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it was what him and then Caval and then, uh, uh, Riley. No, Riley was next. Ah, oh, all right. Cause I was about to say, if it went in that order, that's exactly the order of who I liked. Mm. <laughs> no, this is the order I liked. I liked McGillicuddy. And then I liked, actually, I liked, uh, um, uh, Riley. Riley. Oh, okay. I like Riley, and then I like Caval last. Mm. Oh, okay. Gotcha, mm. gotcha. So, yeah, man, I like Alex Riley. He did his thing. He, You know, this. Was, <laughs> I know he does the varsity villain thing every time, but this time, I bought in. I, I did, too. <laughs> I had that in my notes. I, was, I know he was kind of saying the same thing, but I think it just worked well on this uh, on this stage and the way he, he really just, uh, you know, the way he performed on, on this stage. It just mm-hmm. it just stood out to me. I, I I don't know. It's just that one thing how they always say that it's that it factor. Mm-hmm. And I, it really was because he it was it wasn't anything revolutionary compared to any of the other promos he's done. But it just worked this week. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. I I, just, <laughs> I sat there looking at him. and I was like, man, here we go again with this. Anybody? And he was done. I said, ah. You're dismissed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, because he was all right. So that reminded me of what he actually said because he was talking about how the since the Miz has the Money in the Bank briefcase, if Riley what or he, as he said it, when he wins NXT, he's going to have a title opportunity of his choosing. So he said that if uh, if the Miz doesn't get to Sheamus first, he's going to go after Sheamus first, mm, and that that's he, right. Yeah, he, that he should watch his back and that you're dismissed so, yeah yeah. Mm, yeah so he, he went big nuts on that one yeah <laughs> and yeah to to end it off then caval is uh is last but yeah i would say 
he delivered his best promo outside of the rap, of course. <laughs> that, that's a, that's in its own category. That's but total action, baby. <laughs> but as far as just traditional promo, this is probably his best promo. Everybody seemed more relaxed in this one. It, yeah, 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 yeah. They were much more. They seemed much more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like it's like ah, oh, you know, we we finally made it this far. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel so nervous. I'm a finalist now. So yeah, made it's almost like. Since they were all confident in it, it was kind of like just saying, hey, may the best man win at that point. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And at that point, he was just kind of saying that uh, he wanted to celebrate his. I, I I think he I think he got first place last week from the poll. Oh, no, actually, they don't even do the, the poll ranking. So I, I don't actually remember why he wanted to celebrate. But he said that his celebration was ruined because one pro in particular ruined it for him because he couldn't get his rookie into the into the finals yeah he and, went at cody yeah so he kind of went after mr aew himself mm-hmm. uh, i love how cody still uh kept his how dare you <laughs> <laughs> i love that he's keeping that how dare you <laughs> so cabal is uh is you know calling him out because he's saying that oh yeah the only reason you're here is because of your daddy and then cabal or i should say cody backfires at him saying like oh here we go cabal being the the original uh promo guy and everything just call, calling me out for my my lineage and stuff like that so i really like the dynamic between both guys because yeah they've made fun of cabal for not really having the strongest promo work but mm-hmm. he actually defended himself really well here and he did yeah and what was kind of cool is that after this promo was done even even cole like cole was not I'll give Cole credit as well because, of course, his storyline with Daniel Bryan last season was more that he really hated him mm-hmm. based on the whole internet gimmick, and he was kind of doing the same thing with Caval. But throughout the whole season, he wasn't hating on Caval that much. You know what? Yeah, this I uh, I actually really like that from Cole. Then I feel like I realized it a lot in this episode too that he he really fully defended his stance on why he wasn't necessarily against Caval, mm-hmm. but he was against how. It's funny because it's like, you know, social media runs everything. Yeah. But the way he kind of went at it was like, you know, what people would just believe everything they read off the mm-hmm. internet. Like, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, he, this guy is really good. Yeah, but everything yeah, yeah. about him was created on the internet. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, man, you're not wrong. And and yeah, to to kind of close that off, then once Caval finished this promo, then even jo- or I should say even Cole was like, that was that was a really good promo. So he, you know, just gave Caval his props mm-hmm. throughout the whole night as well. So. Yeah, I Cole, that will be reflected in my scores later. So, <laughs> and yeah, at that point, then <laughs> I like this line from Cody. He said, Kaval, to put it bluntly, you are the gum that I scrape off my boots. So, <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> I'm interested to know what else you believe in. I mean, besides booster seats and really bad promos go ahead tell me what you believe in hey you want to do all this talking at least i'm one of the last of a dead breed i earned my way into this company i earned my way to perform on this stage and i earned my way to perform for the wwe universe now if you want to continue doing all that talking it's easy to do it from 50 feet why don't you do it man to man and get your butt right in here I like the moxie of the rookie Cabal. Cabal, I am just floored at your originality. I mean, insulting my heritage. I got here because of my father. Wow, that's just, whew, original. You know, Cabal, I, 
I'm gonna try to put this as politely as I can. You're the gum that I scrape off the bottom of my boots. <laughs> yeah, so Caval had, you know, challenged them to a match, but then Cody just, didn't, you know, de- declined at that point. Wait, did he say something about, why don't you go and just lace up those boots, dude? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot he said it. It was, it was kind of in the background where I didn't, I didn't really hear it. <laughs> But yeah, since he kind of denied them, then I don't know. Or MVP just steps up and says, like, you know, I, I normally don't want to get myself involved. But <laughs> you know, what did he Cody say? He said, "What is he sleep at your bedside?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, "No, he don't sleep at my bedside, but he is my dog." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he kind of calls out Lake Hole for being his babysitter. Yeah, <laughs> messing with Cody. Man. <laughs> MVP kind of calls him out and saying, well, if you're not going to accept Caval's challenge, why don't you face me one-on-one tonight? And Cody kind of, you know, resents it at first, but then he finally accepts the match. So uh, that will be the main event later on tonight. But then Striker kind of tells the rookies that they will compete in the first ever trivia contest after commercial break. Mm. So I will uh, I will kind of list out the rules for this, but I won't go into every question that Striker said, but I will say probably my favorite top three questions that Mm. he kind of asked him and kind of getting your feedback on actually what i'll do is i'll say it give it a brief pause to see if the audience wants to guess them as well and then we can kind of discuss the answer at that point sounds good to me so yeah after we come back from commercial break the wwe trivia challenge where in the first round, uh, every answer that the rookies give will be worth 100 points. And then in the second round, they will double at 200 points. All this was actually kind of cool because at this time, Howard Finkel was doing the outthink the Fink on WWE.com. Nice, yeah. So he was the one who was providing all these questions for uh, Matt Stryker. At this point, then, <laughs> it was kind of funny as they were kind of explaining the rules, there was this trivia music in the background and as soon as it was done josh was like oh man i really like that music <laughs> it just it made me hella chuckle just because i didn't expect him to say that and this is i just like how josh just throws in these like oh, natural yeah <laughs> yeah the the first question that i i really like i think it was it was the first question was who competed in the iron man match at yeah. wrestlemania 12 so i'll give the audience a few seconds to see if they know it if, you know this is all just Whatever you can just shout it in your room. You can, in your room, you can <laughs> you can leave a, a comment on on one of our posts. Whatever you feel like, and go. <laughs> and that was uh, Shawn Michaels and Brett the Hitman Hart. Yes, and uh, Michael McGillicuddy ended up getting that one. He sure did. <laughs> what was cool is that you could tell that they were actually just answering the questions. Yeah, they just let them go at it. It was, mm-hmm. it was very nice. Yeah, because. It, to kind of give you a recap, it was mostly between McGillicuddy and and Caval, mm-hmm. and you can tell that they were really just trying to uh, hit the buzzer as quickly. Oh yeah, they, as well. they were trying to outdo each other. Like there was one instance where Caval uh, put his hand too early, uh-huh. and then after uh, Striker finished the question, McGillicuddy still got his hand in there underneath his. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that was the the Motorhead quest, uh, the the Triple H uh, theme song mm, one. Yeah. Oh, because he knew it, and then. He got his hand in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. The next one was, who's, uh, the kill switch is the finisher of which current WWE superstar? Go. (laughs) 
Christian. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, Cabal got that one. <laughs> it, I remember. It was, wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, it was him. <laughs> yeah, I, I like how all the questions in general, like if if you do want to check out this episode, I would I, I would recommend it just to see that segment because a lot of the questions were kind of the ones that I always wanted to have in our own trivia mm. because you know most of the time when wwe does trivia challenges for the audience or whatever they're really like super basic yeah you know i i knew all of them the only one i didn't know yeah demolition yeah and you know why because i hate demolition (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) for me the the one i honestly didn't know because so much time had passed and maybe i'll say it and see if oh i mean you know the answer but it was uh, who was uh, which current WWE diva had won the diva search in 2007. Okay, you know I didn't know that one either. Yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, for any of you who uh, which current WWE diva at that time had won the diva search contest in 2007. And go. You know, I don't even know. <laughs> I still don't even know, but no, ew. Eva Marie. No. Wouldn't oh no, Eve to Eve Torres? Yes. <laughs> what was her name? Just Eve? It was just Eve at that okay, point. There we go. But when she was in a contest, it was Eve Torres. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shout out to Miss uh, Eve Gracie. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That that's why that's why it took me a while to remember it too, because I was at, at that point I remembered the the big winners like Christy Hemi and who else was uh Kansas Michelle. Mm. But I totally forgot about Eve Torres winning in general i thought she just competed i didn't know that i forgot that she had won yeah you know it's crazy about her like i think she was kind of before her time too mm-hmm. like eve was dope mm-hmm. she was actually pretty good for the time but she just it was just like her and beth phoenix mm-hmm. and like what no they had like they had a couple of women that were like dope it was like them two and then melina was dope michelle mccool was pretty good too. michelle mccool was dope mm-hmm. um they were just not given the opportunity to wrestle as much. Yeah. Like, they actually, now that I think about it, they actually have some good women's talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because mm. when you think about it, imagine those that you just listed and maybe some of the other ones that could have helped out, could have learned a lot if they had a performance center at that time. Oh, They would have been. Because yeah. when you think about it, yeah, as soon as you said Eve, Eve Torres now, I was kind of comparing her to Trish Stratus in a bit where they both didn't come from any wrestling background. Mm-hmm. And as they kind of just learned on the job, they really just improve themselves immensely. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they and, both took to it really well. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I, I think I'm on the same boat where if they had the opportunities that a lot of the women have now, mm-hmm. then they could have definitely, you know, even outdone themselves even more so. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I believe that to the fullest because then what they had, um, goddamn, AJ Lee. Oh, yeah. And Caitlin. And everybody else from next season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So definitely, we're we're gonna dive that into uh, into uh, the future for sure. Oh, you know what? Uh, answer made me mad that nobody got uh-huh. um, the dynamic dudes one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, come on, bud. I, like, I, I, I threw out any random thing and got that it, the right random thing would have just got you. You just said skateboard. Yeah, I like how a little kid got it of, of all people. Come on, man, of course. <laughs> My, Matt Striker's like, ah, good job, buddy. Yeah, man. Come on, guys. That fool said boogie board. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> the final score, which, oh, I should say, before the final score, Striker kind of interrupts Riley because at one point it was, uh, I think, Cabal and McGillicuddy who both had 500 points 
uh, equally, and Riley still had gotten zero, <laughs> and Stryker was just kind of playing with him. And at this point, it, it kind of felt like Stryker just kind of did it himself, where he was just like messing around with him because he was really just like bullying him the whole time. Mm-hmm. And finally, I think the last question was, yeah, like who had the most reigns? title reigns and then riley finally got on the scoreboard by saying triple h yeah 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 yeah. so yeah the final scores at that point was riley with 200 mcgillicuddy with 500 and caval had won at 700 points very similar to one of the prizes that they had given out on season one where caval would be featured on wwe.com going into the vote the final voting for Mm -hmm. for next week so that kind of gave him the edge for for winning that contest did this really happen was another empty promise. I, you know what? I'll I'll do the research for next week and and I'll find out. <laughs> All right, there we go. <laughs> cool. And yeah, kind of what I mentioned before. It was kind of cool because after this, then Cole had mentioned that Kaval is having a really good night because he cut a really good promo earlier and he had won this contest. So yeah, mm-hmm. Cole giving props where props is due. Yeah, man. We go to commercial break and afterwards. Prepare to be shocked. It is a raw rebound that is not Nexus focused. Ugh, gross. So now I don't have to cover them. <laughs> nice. The only thing I'll say is that the match that they were hyping up for Night of Champions at this point was a six pack challenge, and Way Barrett was one of the mm-hmm. participants. So is Night of Champions what just passed? Or was uh, that Clash? Clash of Champions. So this is the first Night of Champions in 2009. <laughs> I believe they got rid of it in 2014. Yeah, they got rid of it in 2014. Okay. Okay. Then we go to commercial break. And when we come back, yeah, Josh and Cole kind of recap that this was this past week. It was the first trip for WWE in Shanghai, China. They kind of just throw some photos up there. John Cena was there, The Miz and... I believe probably like the main guys. Is this before John Cena started speaking, started speaking Chinese? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Oh, because he hadn't gone out there yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Making no movies outside the Marine. Yeah. yeah. He he wasn't Marine. Was he the Marine? He was the Marine. Yeah. yeah. Because they wanted Orton to do it, but he was actually Marine and got dishonored. Yeah. (laughs) That's why he, I think he ended up doing 12 rounds. Oh yeah. 12 rounds with Randy Orton. Yeah. But yeah, this this was before John Cena was 100% fluent in Mandarin. Ooh, so gangster. Our boy, C-Nation. <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty much it where those are the two big segments. And now we're at our main event for tonight. So I will kind of recap this a little bit more in my scores for production. Mm-hmm. But for now, I'll just say that this is the main event where it's Cody Rhodes going up up against nvp mm-hmm. and yeah man as soon as they made their entrances and started Whoa! off to- <laughs> smoking Whoa! something 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 tonight <laughs> oh, i love it i think i'm gonna put that as one of the <laughs> one of the covers for the the episodes that we have so because i i really just love that mirror gimmick so much <laughs> uh, cody 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 man. your wwe run is highly underrated it is because when you think about it he was tag champs with holly first then he went into his uh kind of pre-dashing gimmick that he was earlier in the season with legacy with a, oh yeah legacy Ooh, yeah mm-hmm. so yeah then it was legacy and then this uh cody at the start of season two and now this cody at the end of season two where it's dashing and 
kind of something I was going to point out later in the match where they, they start kind of getting over the fact that no, he doesn't want anyone to hit. touch his face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that goes into a future iteration of mm-hmm. uh, Cody Rhodes at that point. Cody Rhodes is deep, man. Mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes had a lot of iteration. While, and it seemed like he wasn't there for that long, but he was there for almost 10 years, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was there for... Yeah, I think you're right. Probably maybe a little a little under 10 years because I think he had won the tag titles with with uh holly back in either 2006 or 2007 mm, wow so cody did cody cody was the one that brought back the white inter- intercontinental mm-hmm. title right yeah cody's a g you yeah, see yeah, that yeah yeah because he i i clearly remember not the exact debut but i remember him coming out with his daddy of course and then from there I don't know how he became a team with Holly, but they just did, <laughs> and then they ended up winning the the tag team titles at that point. Yeah, that's when. He, yeah, because he still he still used the Alabama Slammer, mm-hmm. baby. Yeah, and he uses it later on in this match. Yeah, I know, I noted it. <laughs> oh, oh, Alabama Slam! Oh, is he coming up? This is not good for the champions. Wow, the Alabama Slammer could have new champions. Hook of the leg. They did it! They did it! They did it! Easy! They did it! Oh man! Here are your winners at the new World Tag Team Champions! Unbelievable! Cody and Hardcore Holly! And now maybe Hardcore American Dream, Dusty Rose, giving a big hug to his son who's just become world tag team champion. Yeah, at the start of this match, bro, man, I, I'm pretty sure, I know I'm not watching the main shows of Raw and SmackDown at this at this time period, but I believe MVP is the most over guy on, <laughs> on NXT for sure. Because <laughs> everything he does, the, the crowd is eating it up. And not only in this episode, this whole in season. In general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, I I also like how the commentators have done an amazing job throughout the night just getting over the the final voting and mm-hmm. really getting that important factor of this is a, a big deal. And you know what I think what it was? It might have been because um, they let this stuff go to like real voting, right? Mm-hmm. So I think Cole was trying to be as uh, neutral as possible yeah. to not affect voting for Caval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Now that I think about it, especially in this episode, he was very like not bashy. Yeah. So that that might have been a thing too to not kind of try to sway the votes or anything like that. That's true. Because then you know, I mean, you know, so I, maybe maybe or maybe he was just you know defending himself. Because now that I think about it, I'm like, I don't know. Were you ever really just bashing him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think you're right because I had here in my notes later on in the match where I believe is when they went to the second commercial break when they came back. They were kind of recapping all three guys individually. Mm-hmm. And I really like that part because how you were just saying they were being very neutral with mm-hmm. each each person. And they had their their back and forth arguments, but they kind of countered each other in a way where it made sense where they had their preferences, of course, but they weren't bearing any of the guys mm-hmm. as they were doing it. So, yeah, I you'll see why I gave it the score later on based on these points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, to start off the match, the they kind of do some very... Fundamental moves where it's just a lot of headlocks and kind of uh, shoulder tackles and just Irish whips against Mm -hmm. the ropes. But even then, kind of like I just mentioned, just because these guys 
are amazing athletes and just amazing storytellers. They they are just doing these basic moves, but like I said, this crowd is hot at this point. Where bro, everything that they were doing, they were just falling into if it. If you can do the basics very well, it mm. looks good. Yeah, and you know if the crowd is buying into it, and you just go bust out there and chain wrestle for like what the whole match itself was damn near what. 20 mm-hmm. 22 minutes or something like that mm-hmm. you could chain wrestle for about five yeah yeah you know probably even longer than that if you really think about it you can chain you don't really have to bump probably until eight minutes you can chain powder outside do some heat yeah chop and yeah yeah because that's kind of the format that this match went by the way that you just just described it because they were doing all those uh fundamental moves and then MVP hit a really nice back body drop on Cody, mm-hmm. and and that was it. At that point, the crowd just exploded as song as soon as they saw that big move happen. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, man. Like if you if you really kind of break down a match, and if you jump straight into like a, a heavy bump mm-hmm. or just have a high impact, you have to one up it from there. So if you just mess around, and you know if you got a five minute match and you chain wrestle for two minutes, and then you could powder out and start bumping at like the three and a half minute mark and get your finish in at like four forty five to mm-hmm. five minutes without really having to sustain too many bumps if you're gonna do it over and over and over. So they they just ran a really good, you know, textbooks match on paper and just executed really well. Mm-hmm. Like those fundamentals, you know, you get some headlock takedowns, you get some arm drags and you get all that good stuff. If it looks good and it just flows together, it's like seamless. Yeah. Because at, at this point, this was uh, the first match. I mean, the only match when they went to that commercial break. MVP had done a clothesline on Cody that took him out to the outside. Mm-hmm. And then MVP, yeah, just did a uh, jump over the top rope to the outside. And from there, that was uh, the cut to the first commercial break. Mm-hmm. And then when they came back, of course, Cody was in charge <laughs> at that point. And I had here where Cody uh, missed a knee drop and... I am always scared when wrestlers miss a knee drop and they don't wear knee pads because <laughs> it just I was like, oh, Cody, be careful. Rug burn. Yeah, yeah. Just because I, I I'm pretty sure you can put probably, you know, talk more about that where, yeah, anything like that where you just don't have that protection. Like, just, no. Yeah. It's, you know what's funny about Cody is, is like since he don't wear knee pads and make him look a lot skinnier than he really is. Yeah. Cody's a big guy. Yeah, no, he's... Like, I was looking at him, I was like, wait a minute, you're not really that skinny. And this was when he's starting to get bigger, too, because when he first got there, he was pretty scrawny. Yeah. And then he started to bulk up once he got the whoa theme song. So. Mm-hmm. At that point, then, Cody does hit his trademark jumping from the middle rope spin kick. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it puts, him, uh, puts MVP in a, uh, I-, I would say, modified crossface, I guess. At that point, when mm-hmm. he, and yeah, he just kind of held him into a submission hold going into the he set. put him in the bank statement. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's what it was. That's why I was, I was thinking, it was like, it looked familiar and I it couldn't tell. Baby. Yeah, yeah, it was a bank statement. <laughs> so he put him in that going into the second commercial break. So, yeah, this is the first time that it's, uh, they go with one match going into three segments. Mm. So, but, I'll say even when they went to that point where they kind of slowed down the match before that submission hold, I thought the matches were, or I should say the match was going by really quickly Mm -hmm. that I didn't even think about like, whoa, they were going to a second commercial break that it it threw me off because I, 
I thought that the match had just gotten started, but they nah, were somehow up. like I, I bought into it too when I was sitting there watching the episode. Like I saw an outline, it was gonna be twenty two minutes. Mm-hmm. I said, Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I'm sitting there watching the match and somehow, some way I bought into this whole match fully. Yeah. I yeah. Was just sold. Yeah. So yeah, when when they come back from that commercial break, Josh and Cole are promoting Raw's nine hundredth episode at this time. So I kind of just did a quick check in as of this recording, Raw is actually at episode 1372. Sounds so, about right. So, I remember Raw 1000. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy how almost 10 years later that that uh, it's at that number already. I mean, man, you got to think about it. That's 52 episodes a year. Mm-hmm. Guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> None of this like, oh, yeah, we only got 13 episodes in this season when we had, you know, in the 20s. Mm-hmm. It's 52. Yeah. yeah every yeah. year. Period. Yeah. So, like, I remember when SmackDown 1000, like, came by, or like... Oh, yeah. And I was like, what the heck? You guys are already there, too? SmackDown was super old, too, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the first episode, and it's... it's like, 99? Huh? Yeah. What was I... What I what I had forgotten is that they had a huge gap when they actually did the pilot episode of SmackDown and then the actual debut of SmackDown. Because mm. I forgot that they actually did a pilot episode of SmackDown in April of 99, and then the debut of SmackDown happened like in October, August, uh, August. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I had forgot because they did do that where it was. I think it was on a Tuesday night where it was just a, a record episode. And this is where it was SmackDown, but all they had was just the graphic, but they didn't have any of the aesthetics of like the blue ropes or anything. Oh, like and that. the fist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, so it was God. just, it was just basically. I think maybe. Uh, a recording after raw is what i'm guessing had to happen uh, yeah maybe yeah and all they had at that point was just the graphics of smackdown but the set was pretty much the oh, roster the, no, the fist wasn't the first one the fist was the second one they had the stupid ovals mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah it's definitely come a long way <laughs> stupid ovals then they had that fist and that's when smackdown got real yeah once they got the fist when they punched through the glass yeah oh smackdown is cool yeah that that's definitely my favorite era <laughs> Yeah, kind of how you mentioned at this point, then they're kind of building up to the the big moves at this point where Cody hits a uh, top rope superplex on MVP and probably the one of the best superplex from the top ropes. That yeah, I, you know, I just something about that match was way better than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. So like they put out all the stops. It was a beautiful top rope superplex. Yeah, man. Super safe and super clean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the um, closing sequence of this match. MVP had full control where he, he hits balling on Cody. And as he's trying to, you know, anticipate Cody's uh, getting back up, he tries to go for the play of the day, but Cody reverses that and hits the Alabama slam at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to his uh, mentor, Hardcore Holly. <laughs> Is he still alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah I, I don't know what he's doing, <laughs> but I know he's alive. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Cool. <laughs> Cody actually took a little bit longer to cover him after he had hit the the slam where even Josh kind of ca- called him out saying like, oh, why did you hesitate? You mm-hmm. should have just like covered him. So at that point, then Cody does reverse an Irish whip attempt by MVP. And then MVP tries to do a clothesline at that point. But then Cody also counters that move and then just hits crossroads out of nowhere. Yeah, buddy. For the win at, hear me out, 2358. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of a spoiler for my fun facts that is now technically the longest match in nxt history mm-hmm. at this point mm-hmm. yeah before we close out the show then uh we kind of just get the replays and josh and cole just do the final plug for the voting and that the season finale will happen next week nice 
And that will close out the episode. And yeah, as I had mentioned, that match and only match for this episode mm-hmm. is is now the longest match in NXT history. Hitting the, uh, I believe the last one was around 20 minute mark. So now this adds an extra three minutes at this point. Another uh, fun fact is it was kind of weird that there wasn't any of the rookies actually participating in this match. <laughs> but there was, uh, I guess this was the first dark match that they ever had on NXT where it was Lucky Cannon and Percy Watson going up against Eli Cottonwood and Husky Harris. So, yeah, I guess they kind of just had him backstage and they just did a dark match before. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting, too, that it was the eliminated rookies that were wrestling each other and not the, the three finalists. Nah, they got night off, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they pretty much did when you think about it. Mm-hmm. That pretty much does the episode and I'll, uh, I'll jump into my scores. So, yeah, for me, I uh, I was pretty much happy with everything other than the booking where mm-hmm. I had given commentary a four based on everything that I had mentioned where, yeah, Josh and Cole were on their, on their A game tonight where they, they were pretty much calling the all this all the segments really well and they were really getting over the season finale and and the voting concept without really they were it's it was a weird balance where they were promoting the voting but it wasn't any it wasn't annoying and that's uh yeah it, it, yeah that's what i i wanted to vote yeah <laughs> retroactively <laughs> and me so so sold on everything i'm like oh yeah of course i want to vote oh. Oh. <laughs> Uh, nine years too late (laughs) but but yeah i'm gonna have to really give them a a shout out this week where i thought they did an amazing job on this episode so for me i as much as i really want to give this match a four i did give it a a 3.5 just because just because it was one match and i think that's my biggest gripe as even though this match was literally half or a little bit over half of the episode length that I I really, really liked it. But just to kind of give the the structure of a show a, um, a balance is that I really just really wanted there to be at least a minimum of two to three matches, mm, you know? I like that. Yeah. But if, it, if I'm just kind of calling the match itself, I think I would give the match itself maybe a 4.5 just because I really like this match. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the overall package of the show i I just have to give it a 3.5 and that's what we're scoring yeah so for me yeah i think production will probably just get my kind of average where it's a three because i as much as i love the format of this episode i just felt weird that going into the last episode before the final votes that the rookies didn't compete in a match Mm -hmm. and i think that would have helped them to kind of give their their last kind of stance when it comes to why you should vote for them on a physical standpoint and it was kind of weird that you had the pros deliver like the longest match in nxt history and it's not even by any of the rookies you know so that's my only critique with the the overall booking and production of this episode but other than that like really good promos really good structure with the video packages and yeah, for for me, that will go into the entertainment where I did give entertainment a four because I, I really just really like this episode from start to finish. So I feel that. So uh, I think we have pretty similar scores, my man. Cool. So commentary, I went four. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the commentary team was really on their game, uh, explaining everything, keeping everything pretty neutral, like we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, matches. I I went three. 
Oh, you okay. Get, you can't give me just one great match yeah, exactly. and expect me to just be saying that like the quality of matches of the show was great. Exactly. Like yeah. that match that you gave me was awesome. Like I want to replace that for the world. You could give me a one minute squash match and we would bump that up to four. Yeah. Yeah. Just off like yeah. <laughs> so, off dividing the overall time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I gave I gave it a three because I felt that although the match was great alone, the match Quality did not beat quantity there. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, the lack of more matches kept that as where it was a three. Yeah. Um, production wise, I also went three. Yeah. yeah. Um, I felt that they almost kind of went hand in hand. And then entertainment, I went four. Yes. Because <laughs> I loved the short promos, mm-hmm. then the trivia show, and ending with a long ass match. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Everything about it would have felt perfect if it wasn't. The second to last episode. If this was an episode that you gave me maybe in the middle of the season where there was just one more match, then yeah, this overall production would have I probably would have gave it a four as well. Just if it was uh just ordered a little bit differently. But yeah, I'm glad that we kind of had very similar scores mm-hmm. with this episode. So I will kind of give our score. And <laughs> uh, here we go. Oh, oh, yeah, that yeah. 0.5 bumped it up. Yeah, so it is a 3.6, so probably one of the higher scoring episodes because then the last one that we gave that was episode 25, so yeah. That, those are those are the two highest ones, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah. We had some, some 4.0s in the first season, huh? We did, and I think that was a, a combination of just things that we had never seen before and just really good... Uh, episode structure with, with with good matches so yeah this is true like uh i think this will this will, i'll probably say you can probably edit this out but i'll probably save this for whenever we do like a, a season recap because mm-hmm. then we could talk about like the contrast between the first and second season right 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 yeah nice cool so yeah that does it for this episode and what's happening on the next episode is the season finale oh man so I I can't believe it's it's already here, you know. It's it it came, it saw, and it came again. Yeah, it, was, it just sneezed, <laughs> yeah. and like we're all, like pretty much done. We're just gonna jump into this and get it cracking with a the season finale next week, man. Yeah, I I'm I'm really excited. I I I think it was kind of the same thing as we started this season where we had remembered certain highlights of the season, but I didn't remember exactly everything that had happened mm-hmm. so now that i now that we've seen this flesh out through the whole thing yeah i, I really want to see the season finale and and can't wait to to recap that one so yeah i won't spoil anything going into the next episode other than yeah we'll find out who is the uh winner of season two and you'll um see what matches happen there man <laughs> straight up did you have any i don't oh <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to do a couple of shout outs this week since we've been getting a lot of love from our fellow podcasters out there. So first, I want to give a shout out to the Masters of the Universe. They are a three person podcast and they cover a lot of things. (laughs) So they cover, of course, WWE, NXT, AEW. They even cover uh, Total Divas, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, you can check them out at their handle at Masters of the Universe. They're available on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. I also want to give a shout out to JD at WrestleBread. She uh, runs a solo podcast by herself, and she also covers AEW and WWE, but 
really good coverage and we always got to give a shout out to the one person podcast because that is very challenging and i can't imagine doing it so she's doing an amazing job there so definitely follow her at wrestle bread shout out to uh another shout out to nxt overall just for uh doing an amazing job under debut episode on usa so. shout out to um you know triple h man like who would have thought that he became this I know. I think I think you and I were just talking about this the other day. We're kind of crazy how DX is pretty much running the wrestling world right now. Not just WWE, but with AEW now with uh, Billy Gunn being one of the trainers there. So small world, man. Like you know what? It just it only makes sense though. Yeah. Like those dudes was just gonna fan out and just do a lot of great stuff and a lot of infamous things too. But mm-hmm. a lot of good things came out of like. DX in the click. Yeah. I can't really say too much about the NWO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I just hope that I know that they're not that much younger than uh than I mean they are younger, but not that much younger. But it would be kind of cool if say Undisputed Era were to become that in the future. You know what I mean? Just the- Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, you could see that. Yeah. Kind of being uh I feel like a lot of the people coming up in like NXT are gonna have some like pretty heavy influence later. Yeah, yeah. I see a, I can see a Sami Zayn and a Kevin Owens having a big role. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If they sure. could ever get past the point of wanting to wrap it up, but they seem like just like good fountains of information. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So that will do it for this episode. And yeah, once again, I'll just say that for some reason, if you've made it this far or just discovered us for the first time, thank you very much. But we also have a huge backlog now of episodes where I believe we have more than probably 25 hours worth of content now that uh, is available. So if you wanted to check out uh, season one, it is in the backlog and pretty much almost every episode of season two now, not including next week. So yeah, if you want to catch up before then, feel free to, but... Please do. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you watch the season finale before you've seen, like, the first episode of Blood. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> yes. Come I, on, baby. I support this message 100%. On, <laughs> I endorse this message. <laughs> man. So, thanks again for, for checking us out, and we will see you next time. Yay, yay.